Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Jonathan and Kelly Show. Jonathan Rush. We didn't know if this was going to be a narrow indictment or a broad indictment that covered a lot. It covers everything that the networks have talked about for the last several months. Kelly Nash. For a lot of people in the public, this is going to look like, you know, the indictments will continue till the polls change. The Jonathan and Kelly Show. WVOC. Boy, if you ever wanted to experience uh, the two universes on news coverage, yesterday was a prime time to do it. If you flip back and forth between Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, or the like, it was amazing how celebratory they were on MSNBC. Now now we finally have it, after all the waiting. And by the way, there was some admonishment about Mary Garland waiting so long uh, yesterday on MSNBC. And I'm like, wow, you're speaking ill of Mary Garland? Who the hell are you? But it didn't take long for other hosts to come to Mary Garland's rescue. And their point was, and I think it was Uncle Larry who spelled it, spelled it out for you. We needed to go through the congressional hearing so the American people could hear directly from testimony from persons like Cassie and the like that were inside the Oval Office. From those persons, because if you just hit the American people with this news, they would look at it and go, this is unbelievable. But wait a minute, we've been preached to that we saw this unfold before our our very eyes and that Donald Trump was, in fact, the insurrectionist, the fascist, the the Hitler reincarnated that we knew him to be. So why would that have been a surprise? The whole thing lines up with the calendar having to do with running for re-election. Well, I I mean, I I had the good fortune of being in the car last night when Mark Levin came on. (laughs) uh, I love Mark Levin. Whether you like or love or hate and despise Mark Levin, it's everybody has to acknowledge he is a brilliant legal mind. And his point was there's not even an accusation of a criminal activity in the 45 page indictment. There is you've indicted him over nothing. According to your own words, there's not a crime that you're accusing him of. You're putting charges with something that's not a crime. Kelly, all Jack Smith has got to do is prove to a jury from Washington, D.C., where Trump carried, I think, a whole 2% of the popular vote. Um, all you got to do is prove to a jury that Donald Trump truly believed or, or knew better when he continually told you that the election was stolen. He knew better. Okay. Well, let's just say he did. Let, let's say <laughs> Donald Trump... Well, start with, Set, how do you prove that? You by can't, the way? but let's just say that he did. Okay. Donald Trump gets in court and he puts his hand on the Bible and goes, I knew it was a lie. I lied. <laughs> now what? Now what? Now what? He didn't tell anybody to do anything illegal. Anybody who did do anything illegal did it of their own free volition. They did. They created that scenario. Donald Trump tried to stop any bad things happening on January 6th. That's why he was asking them to take the 10,000 National Guardsmen. He's the one who said it could get ugly. He warned you. 
And suddenly, that's a matter of record. Yeah, by Nancy the way. Pelosi's the one who said, "Don't want it." Mayor of D.C. Don't want it. We don't want any help. <laughs> well, the only possible answer as to why you didn't want help is because you wanted a scene. You wanted some sort of chaos that you could then. I could. I would have never believed that they could make this big of a deal out of it for years. But that's that's the whole campaign. And on the other side of the coin, if you listen to Jonathan Turley and the like, he was making some of the same points that Mark Levin, I'm sure, made last night. And, you know, how how bizarre it is. You're going to have to actually prove the mindset of someone who is telling you, I believe the election was stolen. You're going to prove to a jury that he actually knew better. Well, he knew better because people told him better. Well, as many people have pointed out, and Jonathan Turley is only one of them, that he had legal advice saying, saying two separate things. One's telling him, look, look there's, no, there's no election fraud that we can point to right now. Maybe we could have. We had a longer period of time, but we don't. Giuliani's right. We don't have enough resources. We don't have enough time to prove what we think to have happened here. So, was, you know, then, sir, I'm, you, you have to know. You have to know that the election is going to be certified for Joe Biden. Then you got the other side of the coin where they're saying, look, we got all this information. All we got to do is get it before the courts. And other the courts that want to hear all of the courts that want to hear any of it, uh, particularly in Pennsylvania, those courts, they're not going to hear it. We're not going to have a constitutional uh, conversation here with the Supreme Court. They even turned it down. You can't even challenge Pennsylvania. The state of Texas couldn't even challenge Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania overrode its own constitutional rules, and that's up to the state of Pennsylvania. It's already been ruled on. The judges let it go there, so we're not going to overturn them. I mean, we know all of the conversations that happen. But, you know, you get to a point now where, okay, now now we are squarely in the re-election calendar. And this last night, I've always thought, I've always thought to myself, all they want to do is make sure that they cloud the polling enough so that we keep Donald Trump down, so that Biden has an opportunity to be drug across the line by Merrick Garland and Jack Smith and whoever else is going to be part of this charade. Um, But last night, one of them, and I can't remember who it was, I think it could have been all in with Chris Hayes. I'm not sure. And if there's anybody who was all in, it's Chris Hayes. But I think he um, he he said the the part out last last night out loud that really is their hope and their dream. And as a matter of fact, I believe it to be their prayer that Donald Trump would not be returning to the Oval Office. And he's been waiting to say this because he crafted it so well. He's so cute with this. Donald Trump will not be returning to the Oval Office. He, in fact, will be entering a rectangular cage. And I thought, you know something? It's not just that they want the guy to lose. They really, really want to march this guy into a prison cell, and that will that should do it. That should send the message to the American people. Don't ever get populist with your thought process again and think you're going to send somebody up here to turn the swamp upside down. We in the uh, the upper echelon of the ruling class, you know, the Donald, uh, the uh, the Democrats like Mitch McConnell. The Democrats like the Republicans that play the game. But we we are our own little ruling class here, and you're not going to challenge us. And that has been sent over in talking points and memo notes to people like Chris Hayes. And this is going to be sent down uh, all, all the major networks, like the man said. This is everything the networks have been talking about. Well, I mean, if you go back to 2015, 2016, what were Donald Trump's positions that irritated them? He didn't have any positions that irritated, really, the Democrats. I mean, like we said, he's the first pro-gay marriage president in the history of the country. Donald Trump is a centrist. Donald Trump is not an extreme right-wing figure. When, you know, when they call him, you know, they call him out for authoritarianism because when the COVID hit, he said, let the states decide how to handle it. It shouldn't be a federal thing. If, if they need help from the federal government, we'll give it to them. And you saw him do that in a number of states. 
Uh, and you even heard like governors saying Donald Trump has been there for us every step of the way when it comes to backup on medical. So you even had the governor of New York saying that. Yeah, and New Jersey and California. As a matter of fact, I just heard Gavin Newsom a couple what about a month or two ago with Sean Hannity saying Donald Trump was great during COVID. Never got in our way, said whatever we can do to help. Federal government just wants to help, but you have to take the lead. That is the exact opposite of an authoritarian. So th- there are no policies really that Donald Trump had that ticked them off. What Donald Trump was was an offensive human being. Donald Trump is a big orange middle finger. And that's what a lot of Americans wanted to send to both the right and the left. This is not a right versus left. This is the middle class telling the rich and the smart and the educated and the people who know it all, go F yourselves. We're sending Donald Trump. Donald Trump's the F you guy. You know, Ron DeSantis is further to the right of Trump. So was Ted Cruz. But they're not a big F you. They went to Harvard. They Mm -hmm. went to Yale. They're educated men. They can work in those circles. A lot of Americans don't want that. They want F yourself. Get out of here. We want to send Joe the plumber to office. Mm-hmm. We want to send, you know, whoever like the and the, the the irony in all that to me is the reputation of Joe Biden. What Joe Biden had built in the 70s and the 80s was lunch pail Joe. That was his nickname. Amtrak Joe. Joe was supposed to be that guy. He's not smooth. He's not polished around the edges. He says inappropriate things because he's not one of those, you know, really, he's not an Ivy League guy. Now, who is he? Joe today is the biggest liar, the biggest insider, the biggest swamp creature. He has, his reality is the exact opposite of what the image was when he was running not only for president, but when he was running for Senate for a thousand years. Can you imagine now, and they were just all reading Trump's tweets from social media or wherever else he was putting it out yesterday. Um, They were all just waiting to hear from him. Can you imagine now how many cameras are going to be lined up for the Silver Elephant Dinner come Saturday night? Mm -hmm. Oh, and the networks that aren't there in person are going to be taking that feed. You'll probably see that feed live on MSNBC. Uh, It could be. I don't know what we're going to see. But um, I, I can tell you... The, the Joe Biden presidency is apparently in big trouble because um, I, I guess it was Andy who came in here and was talking to us about how every time something bad happens to the Bidens, like literally within 24 hours, Donald Trump's indicted. Yes. So it's like every time something bad, now oh, we got to indict Trump again. Like they're teasing the day that you're going to hear something out of Georgia. You ain't yeah. going to hear squat out of Georgia today. We're going to run this news cycle until we absolutely have to or Joe Biden falls. If Joe Biden falls down a flight of steps, okay, we'll pull out the next folder for the next indictments. But that ain't going to happen until we need the tit for tat because we've got plenty of tits over here waiting on tat. But I was, um... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Shocked to see a poll that uh, came out that said Democrats 
are more excited about Kamala Harris <laughs> running for president than they are Joe Biden. <laughs> now, and I, there's another poll out there today. This is uh, 71% of Americans, including over 50% of Democrats, say Joe Biden is now too old or mentally incompetent to even run for president. So the overwhelming, if 71% of Americans feel that way, how can you possibly win the presidency? So you Seven out of 10 Americans say you unelectable. But at the same time, when you and this is a New York Times poll that said 26% of Democrat voters said they would feel enthusiastic if Kamala Harris was the party's nominee, as opposed to only 20 who felt the same way for Joe Biden. Wow. Wow. I mean, the, the, this presidency is in the toilet. And for them to say it's about Oh, you know, the people don't understand how good the economy is or whatever their their thing. It's that always puts it back on you're a dummy. Yes, we, because what we've provided to you is so great well, you don't even understand. They they accept the responsibility as you'll hear them say. We just haven't done a good enough job on our messaging. Well, hell, you can dictate the news every night in America. What do you mean you don't have an opportunity to dictate the messaging? Your messaging's out there. The media is the DNC. Right. There is no difference, right? That is one and the same. They march in lockstep together. Dana Perino yesterday, who typically doesn't say these kind of things, said you can go ahead and hang a Biden for President 2024 over the entrance of the DOJ. Sure. I mean, what is the DOJ doing? You want to talk about the weaponization of departments, whether it's the FBI, the DOJ, uh, you know, it goes on and on. The IRS, they, they have figured out ways in the machine, in the swamp to come after anybody who dares kind of push back against that. And so, again, Donald Trump is the ultimate F.U., and that's why he is running away with it right now in the primaries. I mean, in the primary season here as we go through. I mean, every poll has him now up around 50%. He'd always been in that 35 to 42%. Mm-hmm. He's now at 50%. So that means there's a lot of people who were not necessarily never Trumpers. Obviously, they weren't never Trumpers. But they were like, I'd much rather have DeSantis. I'd much rather have Tim Scott. I'd much rather have insert name of reputable not going to embarrass us type of politician who have now said, you know what? F them. Put Donald Trump back. I want Donald Trump to just tell them to go pound sand. And you can go out of your way to try to, to equate Donald Trump with Jeff Davis, if you would like, and go back to the 14th Amendment or whichever one it is that would not allow him to run or hold office in the U.S. because of his insurrection. If you well, can by the one. way, good yeah. point. Where is the insurrection charge? Right. There is none. Yesterday was supposed to be insurrection day. It's and they didn't mention January 6th, a bunch in the 45-page BS indictment. Mm-hmm. But they never charge him with any of that sort of stuff. Uh, the thing that they s- seem to be clinging to, um, I forgot what page it is. It's 45 pages double-spaced. But the phrase that MSNBC kind of looked over yesterday, which I was surprised by because I read it somewhere, but today they're all about it. It's when he supposedly told Mike Pence, you're too honest. Again, with the honesty and with the what he really believed thing. We've already got, we've got rulings from right here in the state of South Carolina. 
that if you're looking for honesty from a politician, you want to hold him accountable for his words, mm. uh, you need to go somewhere other than the judicial system because the judge has already told you, look, he's running for office. What do you expect him? You expect everything you say to be truthful? He's lying. So, I mean, we've, um, and then what are you going to do? You're going to go say, well, he said that the election was fraudulent. Okay, well, how many Democrats have we heard say the same thing? Well, again, that's not a criminal it's not, activity. None of that is criminal. I mean, th- th- having an opinion and stating your opinion, openly uh, arguing that your opinion is correct, even if you knew your opinion was wrong, does not incite people to do illegal activities. Donald Trump is not accused of going, you know, in a chat room and saying, "This is your president. I I want you to incite a riot at the Capitol." Donald Trump is not accused of telling people behind the scenes, all right, on January 6th, after we start the rally, we go back to the White House and tell them, go in there and burn the place down. He's not accused of any of those things. The the accusation is Donald Trump didn't believe he won the, the election, but Donald Trump then told people he believed he won the election. That's not a crime. And it's an unprovable crime. Even if you could prove it, it's not yeah, a crime. It's still not a crime. You're accusing him of something that's not illegal. Well, the other thing that Rachel Maddow did last night, I love flipping over uh, Saturdays uh, to listen to Alex Demwitt, and I love being able to catch Rachel Maddow with her analysis of this. So Rachel Maddow went through an entire list of things that Donald Trump knew. Now, he, he knew this. We all can get in his mind, as Kelly mentioned. But he's going to lie to you, okay? And she went through a list of like 10 things that had to do with election fraud. And I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> you know, at the end of it, I'm like, okay, you got so many people, even Democrats, who say, yeah, I believe that. <laughs> I mean, even the Democrats would acknowledge this has been – the, the last election was so fraught with not only legal arguments, but with videoed, released documentation of squirrely things going on. At minimum, it's squirrely. <laughs> and that would bring any analysis for any av- average American to come to the conclusion that that doesn't smell right. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Now we've got to put you in jail, too. You can't certainly can't share that. You can't express that. We're about to haul Donald Trump off. Basically, we're gonna we're gonna trash the First Amendment. You can't have any speech that doesn't agree with the talking points issued by the DNC and then enforced by the DOJ. I mean, it's just a, a frightening concept that you're gonna bring this, and this is gonna be. I can't wait for them to actually start the arguments about the things Donald Trump now realizing. Let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. Jack Smith knows what he's talking about. Jack Smith knows Donald Trump was lying to you. He knew all of that was horse manure, but he's telling you anyway. So it's going to be interesting when they open up this can of worms, um, in particular having to do with Rudy Giuliani talking about, uh, I guess it was in the state of Georgia. Um, maybe it was when the the t- urinal installed two flooded, which necessita- necessitated that everybody inside the election center be evacuated and then while every, they ran out all the observers and then they started counting again. Maybe we're going to be able to go back and actually hear some things that w- are going to come to light now that we didn't have time to investigate at the time. I can't wait for that. Look, the swamp is not investigating anything. 
That's the problem. And, and so the swamp is designed to protect itself. And it is showing you now that even people that you may have assumed were in the center and, uh, and maybe above political influence, right? Like the, I don't know, the director of the FBI, that he would be above all this. <laughs> but he's not. He might have been appointed by Trump. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who they're appointed by. All that matters is we are swamp creatures. And so, you know, Joe Biden's resistance to try to move things outside of D.C. or even out of areas where they've long been standing. I mean, one of the the ideas of moving these agencies around, I love the idea of getting them out of Washington, D.C., just so these people have to have normal neighbors. Because if you live in Fairfax, Virginia right now, there is no normal people there. Everybody works with the government. Everybody loves the government there. So they want more of it because it means more money for them. And everybody lives in a million-dollar house. But if you moved to, if you moved to said, you know, put a put an agency in Swansea. Yeah. <laughs> now Omaha. you gotta live yeah. You gotta live here in, in Saluda, South Carolina now. <laughs> You're in Blythewood. That's where the the head of the FBI has to live in Blythewood. Right. What kind of discussions is he is he gonna have every day? What kind of school is his kid gonna go to? What kind the the life experiences change and you're not in an echo chamber. And Joe Biden, uh, was it last week, um, reversed course. They were going to move one of the agencies out of Colorado, and I can't even remember what it was. But he said, he said we need to keep it there because of those people's families depend on the community there. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is the community that they've built of bureaucrats. All right, so we'll see more of this. Well, we'll you'll get your next indictment after Joe Biden does something stupid, which could be at any minute now, particularly since he knows he's got to get out in front of the bad polling news because Kamala now tests better than he does with inside his own party. <laughs> I mean, but does it even matter, right? Because, I, I mean, so. well, when you go back and look at the 20, uh, 20 election, Joe, nobody expected Joe Biden to win that legitimately. No. Nobody no. expected that. And Donald Trump actually outperformed expectations with the amount of votes he got. So, I mean, if, if I remember right, Donald Trump also beat Barack Obama's vote totals. Yes. So. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're, we're, we're to believe that a guy who was polling to lose and the guy who was polling to win, the guy who was polling to win outperformed expectations... And got crushed? Yes. Nobody's because the guy that. who won generated more American votes than any previous presidential candidate. Uh, nobody's actually believing that, right? Now, so, Kelly, come on. Somebody's going to win the $1.2 billion lottery, so lightning does strike. So don't start leaning on your election statistics that show, at, I think at last count, seven unbelievably unbelievable anomalies yes and so uh, i'm looking at the planets could have aligned kelly so all that could have been true so the final was 81 million 283 thousand 
voted for Joe Biden and 74,222,000 voted for Trump. So, I mean, I think, again, Donald Trump's 74 million votes is the most in history, except for Joe Biden. This postmortem on this could be incredibly insightful, given that we actually have an opportunity to hear the arguments, which is, is still yet to be seen. So let's take, for instance, the state of Pennsylvania, where the Constitution says this, and because of COVID, then the judges were able to rule in such a way and realize that the state of Pennsylvania is, is run by Democrats. So certainly the judicial system is as well. But even with a case where the state of Texas wanted to take the state of Pennsylvania, and there were a couple other states involved in that as well, so that they could uh, challenge Pennsylvania to be held accountable to its own state constitution. You know, when those kind of arguments aren't even heard before the Supreme Court, um, you, now we're going to go back and have, I'm very excited about that. I think it's the third time I've mentioned it. I'm very excited about the opportunity to have a postmortem again on what exactly happened, which arguments were heard, which ones were not, because it goes to the mindset of Donald Trump knew. What did he know? And did Donald Trump actually deny? Did he disenfranchise or try to disenfranchise voters in the state of Pennsylvania? I can't wait to hear all this play out. Well, I mean, if if you if you just wanted to point, you know, cast more doubts um, as to what actually happened in the 2020 election, the most voters in history, and again, it's hard to actually, they, they didn't have computers, obviously, in 1876, but 82% of the people voted in the 1876 election. That's by far the highest voter turnout, 82 2.6%. Again, how many actually showed up? How many people were actually ready? It's hard for them to actually keep track of that. The second one would be 1900, which had 73.7% of eligible voters. So in the last 120 years, we have averaged somewhere between 40 and 50% of registered voters turned out. According to this, 66.7% showed up, which is the biggest in over 100 years for a vote. On top of it, the highest state population percentage-wise was the state that was in the news for ballot harvesting before the election. Before the election, you had videos of people taking <clears throat> bags of ballots to elderly homes and then telling them where to fill it out and then paying them some money in order to fill this out. Here's five bucks, old Gramps. Give me back that vote. That's illegal. It's on video. And as far as anyone knows today, none of those votes were thrown out. So Minnesota leads the way with somewhere around 80% of all registered voters voting. That's obviously BS. That didn't happen. Nobody's believing that it happened. The, the fact that Joe Biden comes down with 81 million votes the biggest election fraud in history is what happened here. That, and that's that's me saying it just looking at raw numbers. And we know we also saw the video of the post office guy at the apartment complex who ended up giving ballots to some guy who was videoing it for some reason. So not even the Postal Service is interest, was interested in investigating their own employee having to do with the delivery of the mail, which is a federal offense. Certainly, there's got to be some kind of internal punishment for that. But nonetheless, we have all that on video. 
So I, I'm, I'm very excited about the opportunity. Biden but, Biden won by four and a half percent, according to this. Yeah, that's the biggest win in like ten elections. But Obama didn't win by that much. No. I'm not talking about the vote total. I'm talking about the percentage. The percentage. So it's he crushed Trump. And again, when you go back and look at incumbents, every incumbent that I've ever looked at. Now I I haven't gone all the way back to the 1800s, but the incumbents always get less votes. Barack Obama got fewer votes in 2012 sure. than he did in 2008. Yeah. Reagan got fewer votes, surprisingly, for the uh, for the uh, 84 election. It, they always get less votes in the second term. Donald Trump is the first one to reverse that trend. He went up by like 8%. He skyrocketed. And he lost? Come on, man. All right, well, and somebody mentioned to me the other day, you know, you guys talk a lot about national news on the South Carolina podcast. There is no South Carolina news. We've oh, we, I, I got some stuff we can talk about. I'm I'm going to salute the University of South Carolina for doing something that they finally sh- they should have been doing as a state university for the last thousand years. They're, they've now changed their admission so that if you're in the top percent, 10% of your high school class you're automatically accepted. They didn't mention anything in there about you know, my background or my race or what I overcame. Well, in the story, it points out that USC says they were already not considering race and admissions. However, uh, the uh, I don't know who Verzel is. Verzel is waiting guidance from the university lawyers in the Department of Education on how to uh, input diversity measures because mm. they do want to make sure that they stay diverse uh, th- I know we spend a lot of money on a DEI director. This is the second year in a row that the USC incoming freshman class has broken all records. They're going to have over 7,000 freshmen this year. That's bigger than the university was like 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. 30 years ago, they didn't have 7,000 kids going to the school. Now they're having that in their freshman class. Uh, USC in-state tuition has been the same for the past five years while raising out-of-state tuition and increasing funding for the state government. You know, one of the things that we've complained about is the University of South Carolina, Clemson University, any university that's receiving taxpayer money, the the mission of a state-funded university is to educate people who will live in this state and make this state a better place. And far too often, what we're seeing is these universities are pursuing out-of-state students who have better, whatever, GPSs or SAT scores or whatever it is, um, in order to raise their national rankings, which don't <clears throat> affect anything. we got to be in the top <clears throat> 10 of U.S. News and World Report. You really don't, and you're never going to be. I mean, I don't even think we've been in the top 50 ever. Every now and then we pop in with a couple of our schools. But that doesn't uh, affect the livelihoods of the people who live here, which is no. what the university is designed to do. So if you bring in these kids from wherever, Ohio, the vast majority of them aren't going to stay here. They're going to go back to where their family and friends are when they graduate. So you just used them to try to raise your standards, but at the same time, you didn't benefit the state in any way, which is why we're paying all this money. I mean, they're... The university receives tens of millions of dollars every year from taxpayers, again, supposedly to help the taxpayers. But right now we're helping people from, you know, Massachusetts. And the General Assembly plainly is in charge of the board of directors at the University of South Carolina. Mm -hmm. This has not been an agenda issue for them in the past 
I can't even remember if it ever was. So there's very little reason why we should believe there's going to be an agenda issue in the future. The, uh, the, the story that we were talking about on our rash thought this morning was talking about counties and how, you know, one of the, the rules that I've always said governments should follow is I like the, I call it set it and forget it. Whatever the percentage is for the taxes, that's where we're, <clears throat> we've, you know, hopefully you found a comfortable rate of taxation. One, you know, when you're looking at the Laffer curve, obviously, if you have zero taxation, you have zero revenue. But if you have 100% taxation, you also have zero revenue because nobody would work. So the Laffer curve was designed on what is the sweet spot to maximize uh, people's productivity and also, in, you know, maximize tax revenues. And whatever you find that to be, it's probably going to be pretty universal, I would think. Um, and you might want to tinker with it for a couple of uh, work seasons or whatever. But basically, it should be around, you know, a certain percentage that is universal. With that being said, um, if you were to just follow even the 2018 budgets of these counties um, and then add in the increase in population and then add in the rate of inflation, these counties in South Carolina are way overspending what they coulda, shoulda, woulda budgeted for. So like Lawrence County is the worst offender. Now they're over by $8.9 million. And a little county like Lawrence, what their 2022 budget should have been is 29.4, but they ended up spending 38.4. That's a wow. 30% difference. And most of them are going to be little counties like Union, McCormick, Chester, Jasper. But then this uh, story uh, breaks it down for the bigger counties. Spartanburg, way over. Greenville is way over. And I was looking, I figured Richland would be next. Richland's not there. Lexington County is there, though. Man, how much spending do you have to, you have to, be, have to be doling out to beat out Richland County here in the Midlands? And, you know, for years... Lexington County had an organization called We the People. I used to be envious even when I was a Saluda County resident because I was like, these guys in Lexington are really holding their county council's feet to the fire. I mean, they were all over any increase in taxes. They were all over any wasteful spending. And now it looks like Lexington County has learned its lessons from Richland County. They were voted to increase their, their sales tax. They were looking to add in more hospitality tax. And Lexington County obviously is growing. So, you know, and my, my dad used to, we would talk about the roads in particular. And he said, you know, when you lived in the state of South Carolina, outside of the interstates, when you live in the state of South Carolina, you're in Saluda County, and you get 20,000 people living in the county. You know how many miles of roads you got to maintain back in the day when the counties actually maintained them, and then the states took them over for the most part. Or if you lived in Nama County, you know how many people are living in your county, you know how many miles of roads you got to take care of. So it's really kind of a mathematical expense given that the increased cost in production or availability of materials may fluctuate a little bit. But you can pretty much find the sweet spot and know how much money you need for your roads. Okay, And then if you get more people moving to your county, as Kelly pointed out, then you're going to have more people traveling the roads. But with those people comes the increase in property taxes, you got business taxes or whatever it is that the people are coming there for, whether it's a commercial or a private enterprise. And so you're going to have increased tax money. But as the demand goes up, the money will be generated by the revenue if it's, as Kelly says, set it and forget it. 
Well, now none of that is ever in the equation. You got counties spending money that, you know, for reasons that plainly are over and above whatever it is they need to facilitate the persons moving into the county or the businesses, uh, because plainly you're overspending what you've already collected. And now, how do you ever go back to hold your county members' feet to the fire? I think that happened um, when people showed up against the development on Lake Murray. I think we're like, we couldn't even trust you guys with the infrastructure because look what Lexington has become, one gigantic traffic jam. And then now on top of that, our spending's out of control. So before we throw all these 93 acres into the mix, why don't we go back and take a look at what the hell we're doing? I think that was the underlying message was that you didn't have the kind of faith and confidence in your leadership that you needed before you hand them over 93 more acres to develop. Well, I was told by one of the people involved in the protest that they uh, were very upset about the size of the hotel that they were going to build. They thought that it was, uh, I forget how many stories it was supposed to be, but they thought that it was going to be way too big and it was going to mar uh, what it was like to be on Lake Murray, to have this massive, you know, whatever, 20-story building staring at them and they want to put a height requirement on it, and they also were concerned about the traffic and the roads. Um, I'm looking at a story from the Lexington Chronicle here. This is dated, uh, when is this dated? Uh, 2021, August 13th, 2021. And they were talking about in the last 10 years, Lexington has increased about 12%, uh, and it's up to 293,000. We'll make it 294,000, just round it out that in 2021. Um Surprisingly, that's slower growth than the county had projected. So back in 2010, they had projected that by 2021, Lexington County would have over 300,000 residents. So they didn't hit their goal. Um, One of the things that people would point to would be the tax increases. In any area where you have taxing, and I'll, I'll listen just in full disclosure, I also think Lexington County was is being hindered in their growth because of Richland County. And what I mean by that is businesses are uh, so taxed in Richland County that it's almost impossible for them to really get going, which eventually affects everything, not just our county, but Kershaw County and everybody else. If Richland County was doing, as the seat of the capital, if Richland County did what it's supposed to be doing, which is thriving, then Lexington probably would have hit their 300,000 goal. But definitely taxes is always going to play a, a fact into it. And as, this is the head of uh, the Oconee County, I think it was, who said, uh, it's just common sense. You shouldn't have your spending growing faster than inflation in your population. That's that You can't make it any more simple than that. Whatever inflation plus your population equals, that's what your spending should equal. When you outspend the inflation and you out, and, and these people, I understand, you can always make an excuse for whatever. Well, we needed to invest for future growth now. Okay, I'll give you that. Are you cutting taxes next year then? Are you going to have less spending next year or does it increase every year? Well, then the other problem is, and we're going to see this more often here in Columbia, I think in the coming years, we already have the telltale signs and a couple of weather balloons being lifted. It's not only are you maintaining the facilities that you need, given that you're growing and at what percentage, and you're right, do you take inflation? Of course you do. But now you're going to have large portions of the city of Columbia, like Earlwood. Earlwood's water system needs to be completely replaced. So 
on top of or what are you spending appropriately, what are you saving? Because when you go to replace that water system in Earlwood, that's going to be a huge expense. So what are we going to do about that? Or do we just try to get through with the county members that we have currently, knowing that's going to be the problem for a, a, a next-generation councilman, and I'll already be at home by then? Unfortunately, most local governments operate the way your college kids operated if you gave them a credit card. So they just will make the minimum payments. And then if they, if they have a car, they don't factor in oil changes. They're certainly not factoring in tire changes Brake jobs? Are you kidding me? So what does a what does a college kid do who's irresponsible when it comes time for I daddy, I have an emergency. My brakes are gone. I can't drive the car. Now I can't go to school. I'm gonna be dumb. <laughs> then, so then dad, aka the federal government, has to kick in some money to pay for the brakes. Then the tires are gone. Well, I gotta get new tires or I can't get to school. And then, you know, whatever the quote-unquote emergency is, like you said, this should all be budgeted. Like, I don't have an opportunity. When my roof goes, i got to buy a roof. And we've already been told because we saw this play out, and how many times have I got a bitch about the fact that I, as a U.S. taxpayer, I'm having to pay the bill for Flint, Michigan, to be able to deliver water to their kids without lead poisoning them. But that's not my responsibility. That's your responsibility, city of Flint. Why does the why? But we got this mindset now that we keep growing teats on this bull. Uh, well, actually, it's not a bull. We keep growing teats on this heifer, and those teats give milk, and that milk comes from the federal government. And you've got municipalities and states lining up to turn over their control because with every dollar comes the hook. So we're lining up to turn over our control. And the state of South Carolina, for God's sake, of all the states, you would have thought. The ones that are the first ones to tell you, we don't give a damn how you do it in New York City. But, oh, yeah, we'll listen very carefully how you do it in Washington, D.C., because we'll do it exactly the way you want to do it if you give us money. Because so, we don't want to have to do the hard part. Well, they don't have to. There's been no punishment. There's been nobody voted out of office. Everybody, you know, it's. I was listening to a discussion this morning about defund the police and now how, was it, Oakland is now going to put in for like a 20% pay increase for cops in Oakland. I think it's Oakland. One of those northern places that, you know, was big on the defund the police. And, you know, what it turns out is people in surveys around 2020 were saying police are bad. What that meant was police in other communities are bad. Not my cops. My <laughs> cops are good. It's kind of like how when you look at a, uh, a survey of Congress, Congress polls like popularity at like eight nine percent, but everybody keeps voting for their congressman. Sure, my congressman, my congressman is good. Good, I like my congressman, but your congressman's a corrupt jerk. So you know, <laughs> when when they say all politics are local, mm -hmm. that's what that's what they meant. You know, the cops are good in your community, just not the other communities because and we spread these lies about those guys. It's going to be interesting to see. Is there going to be some kind of – the next thing we see already taking root in Los Angeles in particular or California, we should say, as a state, and I think is coming to, like, Massachusetts, through Boston primarily, and then from New York City, is that we're going to give people – and we talked about this yesterday, I think – the opportunity to actually fast-track your citizenship if you're an illegal immigrant. Oh, yeah, you become a cop. So you become a cop. Yeah. So we're going to have non-citizens writing tickets for citizens – in order to, we're gonna we're gonna do what with these people? We're we gonna make bring, them ICE agents. 
<laughs> and to bring that thought process full circle, okay, that sounds like something Donald Trump would say. Mm-hmm. You're not going to allow illegals to be cops. Mm-hmm. We're all global citizens. We're all looking for world <laughs> order. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.